Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Personal Finance is brought to you by Discovery Bank, the future of banking. Now, Warren Ingram from Galileo Capital. He's a personal financial advisor. He's executive director at Galileo Capital. Uh, We're talking tonight, Warren Ingram, about best ways to save for education. Now, as somebody who has been at the wrong end of this particular discussion, I just recall the months of sleepless nights of buckets and nappies and bottles and formula and expense and exhaustion and fear. And by the time you've come out of that fog, you're thinking, I need to save for education. But then already the little blighters, um, darlings, are going to some kind of pre-primary and you start spending almost from day one. So this idea of saving for education interests me a lot as a history lesson or maybe a, a, a FOMO lesson or something. Good evening. It's beautiful. I'm, um, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great intros and then I'm getting like dead air, which is most depressing. So good evening, Warren. Good, good, good evening, Bruce. So I, I think the, 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 the truth for a lot of parents is exactly as you described. You, you know, it's something that, that, that kind of arrives on their, on their doorstep unexpectedly, uh, soon after they're finished, uh, you know the, the kind of toddler stage, and the nappies are done, and and now and now it's pre-primary school, and and then it doesn't end until age forty-two, you know, and 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 so uh, they, they, they share the story that you, you're sharing now. Unfortunately, you've got a few more years to go, uh, and and I think. Uh, I, I think the, the the starting point is always that that are, that I mean it sounds obvious, but it is better to start as early as possible. And so, so for a parent who, well, let's talk about two stages. One, uh, people who who are planning it but but haven't arrived at at, at actually having you know having the baby yet. The answer there is you, you start two sets of of savings as quickly as you possibly can. The first is your child's education savings. And and the other is then the the unplanned expenses that that any parent will promise you are going to have, and as you say, it goes from from nappies to uh, you know to cots to clothes etc. And 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 so I think that the, that the starting point is always going to be start as early as you as you possibly can, and and then secondly, uh, the, you know, getting a little bit to the financial side of this, uh, I think avoid the products that are sold to you as education savings products. Why? Uh, this is important. This is so important um, because there are lots of these things that have uh, tarted up with bows and pictures of cute little kids wearing mortarboards and academic gowns and you just want to buy them because that's the right thing to do. Why must we avoid those things? They're they're designed for us. They're designed as as help. They're they're designed to to uh, I don't want to say catch parents, but that's what I'm going to say to to catch parents. Uh, you know, it's it's hitting your heartstrings. It's 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 catching you at your most vulnerable, sleep deprived moments. And and I think the point there is that 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 if a if a big uh, financial institution is telling you that this is the product you need, this is the savings product for your child's education, that's probably where where the where the the investigation stops. That's probably where people just say, okay, well, that's it. You know, this this company said I must buy this for my kids, and my kids will be fine, and that's what they do. Uh, unfortunately, the the cost of those are, are inevitably much higher than than just 
a, ge- a generic unit trust, a generic exchange traded fund, or or my favourite, the, the, the tax free savings account. And, and so I think j- just stay away from the things that have been tarted up as as a, as an education uh, product. If you are looking at them, if someone's really insistent that you consider it, th- th- then go into a lot of detail around the fees. Uh, understand what these costs are going to be. And when someone says to you, yes, but you know, this this will, after five years, it will be tax-free and that's why you should do it. Just understand that there's been lots of tax paid inside that product during the time because that's an that's called an endowment. It can, it's anything it can be. Um, and the endowments pay income tax and they pay capital gains tax. You know, the fact that you haven't seen an expense on that doesn't mean it hasn't been paid. So, so I, I think start early. Make sure, firstly, that you that that you also understand the time frame that you're investing. So, you know, using the example of a of parents who are starting the journey, that either their children have yet to be born or or they've just just gone pregnant. That then my my suggestion there is that that you try and aim to at fund. The, the longest expense first. In other words, look at university, look at uh, you know, look at high school, um, and and pre-fund those because those are the ones that will benefit the most from the amount of time that you give that money to grow. And of course, you know, something like high school might be, you know, you know I mean, especially if you're going to get to private schooling, that's probably going to be your most expensive expense. Uh, in, in which case, you know, give give yourself time to to let that money grow and to and you know, the jargon is to compound. And, and that means choose also an investment that can afford to be invested for a long time. Something more like shares, you know, please don't go and choose a bank account or a fixed deposit, especially if it's started up as a child education policy uh, for, for an investment which you're only going to need in 12 or 13 years time or 18 or 19 years time if it's, if it's for, for university. The, the, the reality is you've got a lot of time. To, to allow that money to grow and to go through all the fluctuations of stock markets going up and down. But stock markets is the place you need to be because that's where you're going to get the most growth over a very, very long period of time. So Can I, I, can I, I think, challenge the timing issue here, Warren? Um, just and, and in support of what you say, but actually say that you should get started even earlier. When you meet somebody and you intend to spend your lives together, you don't need to be married because, you know, that's kind of an old-fashioned concept. But let's say you get together and you say, you know what, we're going to be together and we want to have children one day. Um, or you get married and the, the, you, you intend to have children one day. I would argue you start immediately, you, you know, together, because it, this is a joint effort. Um, yeah, pop some money into an investment from the day that you get married. Um, and if you think, well, we may have two children, start two investment options. Put them in your own names. You don't have to put them in the child's name. Um, and start contributing from then onwards, because by the time the child comes, the habit is formed. Um, and should children not come, well, you've got the best holiday fund in the history of humanity because you've got into the habit of, of saving. And so even if you don't end up having kids, the the savings are there. Um, and, you know, the intention was for, for education. Well, yeah, unfortunately, kids didn't come. Well, then go and have some fun with the money and uh, and, and spend it that way. I think it's a, it's absolutely a, a br- brilliant idea and almost sounds a little bit biographical. That's kind of what happened to my wife and I. We we started saving for for the the, the basketball team of children I wanted, and and at some point we we kind of realised we weren't going to do that, and and now we've got a fabulous. We do have the fabulous holiday fund with about which my friends. Oh, we know. All the time. Oh, we know. 
We watch you on Instagram. We know. Uh, but, uh, okay. Uh, I mean, this is also a nice opportunity, so, by the way. This is a nice opportunity, by the way, just um, be- before we get to this. And uh, actually, no, let's finish this and then I want to ask you another question. I mean, what, what's also wonderful about starting a fund like this is you can tell auntie and uncle, you can tell godparents, you can tell grandparents, you can tell friends and family, not that the kids are going to love them for this uh, when they're little, but saying instead of birthday presents and buying yet another set of Lego, um, please could you just, you know, put the money that you would have spent on that Lego into this account? Um, because that's going to be, you know, little Johnny or little Zippo's, um, you know, um, education one day. I, I can't agree more. And I think it's, a, I mean, you know, for, for our godchildren, that's what we've done. You know, we, we would always give them, you know, especially when they're young and, uh, you know, very small present and, and then do the contribution to, to the investment account. And, and always I've said to the parents, start the tax-free savings right now. Start the moment that child is born. And, and you know, if we, if we, can, if we can leave it for, for the, their 18 or 19 years of, of life before they need university, we, we've basically pre-funded their university careers. If, if the child doesn't go to university and, and, you know, we get to age 25 or 26 and they haven't touched money because we've all been doing our job to educate them about it, what, what we've done is we've given them probably 2.8 or, you know, potentially 3 million rands worth of capital that they can put down yeah. to buy their house, you know, without debt. You know, we've given them a start in life. If they're still disciplined, they probably can leave it and and retire on the money and never have to save in, in their entire lives. So, so I agree. I think it's it's the best thing to do. And anybody who says to you, you know, don't, don't use your child's tax-free savings for your child uh, because you're taking away their choice or something like that. It's, it's, a, it, it's something that gets said in my industry a lot. Uh, I'm sure there's a good reason for it that I'm too stupid to understand. I think it's dumb. I think we should do it as fast and as early as we possibly can for for, for children and let the money grow. And that's the great tax-free way of doing it. Absolutely, uh, Warren. Before before we move on to the question, because we've got a lovely question um, about from Tabo, and it's all about the things we should consider. My wife and I are expecting our first child. What should we consider financially? And that's a nice extension of what we're talking about here. Just talk to me, please, if you would, about something called Serendipity Trust, which is because I haven't spoken to you about this for a long time. Um, and Serendipity Trust is something that you and your wife Vanessa started. Uh, probably 10 years ago now and you started funding it using the royalties from the books you wrote um how to become your own financial advisor uh, how to make your first million um and you started putting kids through school using this money i mean have you persisted with that we we have and we haven't we we haven't stopped you know the the need is big and uh and I guess growing all the time, and so so we we've continued to 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 keep that up. You know, uh, every six months or so, between the books publisher or my wife, uh, someone will start pressurizing me to you know write a new book or uh, or update an old book because that is, as you say, that's how how we how we funded a lot of the money going into the um, into serendipity. And the and the deal there is that uh, you know we pay. We pay for the education costs, or the, or the, you know, the, the raise fees, uh, or, or, or the hostel fees of, of the child directly to the institution. So we we try and find, you know, worthy kids that you know maybe aren't the best academics, or you know aren't uh, aren't the best sports people. They're not natural re- recipients of bursaries, you know, w- w- with a big spotlight on them. And we, we give them the commitment that as long as they pass, you know, year after year, and they're, you know, they're disciplined and in, in terms of not being ill-disciplined at school, I guess, you, you know, and, and they do their bit uh, to, to contribute to their school, the university society will, will support them. 
and you know we've got quite a few kids that have gone through high school and and university now uh, and you know as as the charities grown and but we started to get more deposits as well so it's been a really positive experience actually well people as when you say you got more deposits you mean people actually making contributions to you and saying we like what you do we're too lazy to do it ourselves you're doing it now it's a bit like warren buffett giving all of his money to um to to bill gates um you you're good at that stuff um so uh, and they've, they've effectively done that for you it, it, that's exactly and 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 so i guess as you know as we've done we don't market it uh, um, again probably something we should do and so thank you for t- letting me talk about it now that's awesome but, no no i'm uh, just alive it was a bit of a risky question because i mean i i know you well and I'm, i suspect that you would have continued but i just hadn't had the update for a while so anyway i'm glad that you're doing it now talk to me about tabo's question tabo's question is my wife and i Congratulations, Tabo. Are expecting our first child? What are the financial things that I should consider? Run away, Tabo, screaming, hide. <laughs> <laughs> they are, the children are lovely, but they're so expensive. They, they, they are, and uh, and you know, any, any parent will 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 tell you that it's worthwhile. But uh, but, but a, a bit of planning uh, will go a long way to to making the financial pain somewhat uh, somewhat more tolerable. And, and I guess the you know the first thing will be, uh, and it sounds pretty morbid morbid, but it's a critical one. A lot of parents forget is you, you need to make sure that you change your will, Tabo, as, as fast as possible. Because one of the things you're going to have to decide is what happens if something happens to you and your wife. Who who looks after your your firstborn, or or, your, or, or, or you know if you have future children in, in addition, uh, who will look after those the, those children? So you need to tell. You know, you need to write that down. It actually needs to be a documented thing to say this is the this is the person or the family that need to to take responsibility for for my child. I, I suggest strongly that you talk to those people as well, so that it's not a, a surprise to them. Um, <laughs> Happy Christmas! And, yes, uh, you, know, you had you two know, extra kids. No, I, I, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've heard of that. And and then the other thing is speak to. Speak to the people who aren't going to be the parents, and, and in most instances, especially for for young parents, you know, who, who you know, let's say they have children in their, in their you know early mid twenties, they would not necessarily uh, have told their parents, for example, that you know we've we've appointed someone else to be the guardians of our children, uh, and and I think it's important because you know, firstly, grandparents might get into a legal dispute, you know, trying to take custody of the children, and secondly, you know, it, it could be deeply hurtful as to why why we've been ignored if we're the grandparents. And and my, my very logical answer there is, it's it's tough to have one generation gap between you know parents and their children, you know adding two generation gaps uh, from from you know children to grandparents and, and and expecting grandparents to manage teenagers is 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 a tough job both for the teenager and the grandparents. So so I don't think that's a, a, the the best idea necessarily. Um, you know if you have a choice. Um, and then I think attached to that, Bruce, is also just the financial implications uh, around that. So, you know, yes, you, you have to save for education, you know, and, and that, that's important. You have to start saving for the other expenses that, that, that your child, you know, is going to kind of lay on to you. You know, you, even, if, you know even if you are careful and prudent with the way you, you look after your children, they're going to be a lot more expensive. But, but you're also going to need to do things like get life assurance. You know, what, what happens to you know, you know, your child financially if you're not around and, and what happens to your spouse? In, in Tabo's instance, what happens to his wife if Tabo's not around? She'll need financial support. So, uh, what happens, you know, what, what happens like, to him? I mean, I mean, yeah, many relationships are, are are equal, and in many cases, um, one spouse may earn more than the other. But I mean, we we always operate on the uh, the old fashioned principle that if the man dies, then the woman must have some support. Well, 
What happens if the woman dies? The family is traumatized. I mean, you may actually not be able to work for a while. You may be, you know, decide to take time out to support your kids and just make sure that they're emotionally okay. You might be an emotional wreck. Um, this idea of, of life insurance surely should go both ways here to, and, and ensure that both parents' lives are covered just in case one of them doesn't make it to the next birthday. Very, very good, valid point. I think uh, if Tabo's wife had written in, I would have been talking to her first, but because it was Tabo, no, no, I'm answering him. It's a real consideration. I mean, this this bereavement thing is real. It, it is. And, and I think also that, you know, if you become... The, the only parent, uh, you, you know, your cost base changes dramatically, you know, because that means that you might need to be at work much more, which means you might need to, to pay someone to help you with, with looking after your children when they're young, but also helping fetching and carrying them if, if you can't, you know, if you don't have the time and, uh, you know, you can't get off work and, and you know, and go and, and, and collect them from school and the like. And, and so I think that it, it, it is a big thing and it's, it's definitely something that where you should have insurance on both both parties, irrespective, you know, irrespective of if there's only one breadwinner or not, uh, because as you say, the, the, you know, the, the the breadwinner might be emotionally traumatized and not able to work, but but even if they can, they, they might need the extra support financially to 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 now pay for for help. Um, I, I also think the, the the medical expenses is is a critical one. You know, it's making sure that you understand that. You know, if your wife if your wife is expecting the, the medical costs, just start right there and then. You know, it's it's regular visits to doctors, making sure that uh, you know that the baby is fine and the pregnancy is going well, and then all of the expenses on top of that, unfortunately, are not all paid for by medical aid. But clearly, you know, make sure you've got the medical aid, um, and and making sure that you, you've got provision for your children thereafter. You know, unfortunately, the expenses don't go away the day they're born. Uh, so some would argue it only really gets started there. So, so I think you know there is a lot to 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 talk talk about there uh, around those. And then, you know, I've mentioned it before, but 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 start the tax-free savings the day your child is born to help them with their education, to help them with with potentially giving them a start in life. You know, those are critical points as well. Okay, thank you, Warren Ingram. Um, some nice advice there, Tubble, and uh, I hope it helps. And good luck with the birth and just welcoming this beautiful child into the world. I mean, my dad always used to say I was very dear. And I, I took that as a, an acknowledgement of, of just being a good person and being sweet and being respectful. And, and then I was reading a, an Edith Blyton book once and I worked out that he meant just expensive. Anyway, Warren Ingram from Galileo <laughs> Capital. Um, in a moment, I want to find out from you what a lifestyle asset is. The moment you put the words lifestyle and asset together, I wonder whether it's lifestyle or asset. I wonder if it can be both. Let's talk about that in a moment. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. So, Warren Ingram, what is a lifestyle asset? A lifestyle asset for most of us will, will be the home that we live in. Uh, you know, so, so a lot of people, if you just ask them intuitively, what are your assets? You know, so, so what are your assets and what are your debts? The, you know, the, the first asset most people will talk about is their home. And it's not wrong, but, but, but the thing is that you, you live in that. It's not really a, play, uh, you know, a thing that generates you an income you know, that, that will allow you to retire one day and, and you know, live off the capital. For most of us, it's, it's simply going to be the place where we live. Uh, it costs us some money every month uh, because we, we've got some taxes and levies and, and maintenance costs and all those things to pay. But, but it is a place that we choose to, to stay. Uh, 
But unfortunately, it's not an income generating asset. It's not a retirement asset that you can say, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let this thing grow and one day I'll sell it and I'll, I'll live somewhere else and, and, you know, have enough money to live for the rest of my life. It's going to be the place that you, that, that you just continue to live and you might swap from one home to another if you, if you retire one day. So, so the only time your home could be, for example, a, a lifestyle asset is, you know, if you lived in a 10 million rand home and you decided to downsize and move into a 3 million rand home. And then you've got your seven million rands worth of investments yeah. that you can re- realize one day. But 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 re- the reality is things like holiday houses, uh, you know, unless they're generating an income, uh, cars, all of those things are not. They're not assets. They are simply there to help you maintain a lifestyle. Uh, but, but but unfortunately, if I was doing an income and expenses line, they would only be on the expense side and and not on the income side. So so yes, it's something that is there. Uh, probably something you can sell in a deep financial emergency, but it's going to cost you a big change in your lifestyle. Uh, and so, you know, important to know, unfortunately, not a retirement asset. Okay, good. Thank you for defining that for us, Warren Ingram. Warren Ingram, Executive Director at Galileo Capital, is also a certified individual, a certified financial planner. That's what it is. He is certified. And um, thank you, Warren Ingram, this evening.